Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. We are in the midst of our study entitled Reasons to Believe, and in this study we are using our reason, our logic, and our observation to determine if there are reasons to believe that God exists and that the Bible is true. Yesterday we picked up this question, how do we know that the Bible is true? And we saw the first reason to believe is because of its unique origin, and nature. We saw how the Bible has been written by so many different people over such a long period of time, and yet it has a coherent unity that can only be attributed if it was written by one author. Then we look at the supposed contradictions that people say are in the Bible. And as we look through this, we're seeing that it just doesn't hold water. The Bible is sound and trustworthy. In fact, along this line, I've heard it said, Well, there's two different gods that's mentioned in the Bible. There's the God of the Old Testament, who is harsh and vengeful. And then there is the God of the New Testament, that is loving and forgiving. Well, people that say that certainly have not studied the Bible. They do not understand what has happened between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I tell you, God was just as loving and forgiving in the Old Testament as he was in the New And in the New Testament, God is just as harsh and vengeful as he was in the Old Testament. What was the difference? Jesus Christ came between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And Jesus made the big difference. Jesus took the penalty of our sin upon himself and made a way that we could have forgiveness and be brought into a relationship with God. The difference is Jesus Christ. God is the same. It's just that he has reconciled his wrath with his mercy by Jesus Christ coming. In fact, you cannot fully understand the New Testament without understanding the Old Testament. And you can't appreciate the grace that we have through the message of the gospel unless you have a good understanding of the Old Testament. These fit together. It speaks to the trueness of the Bible, not the falseness of the Bible. Well, let's look at the second reason that we would believe that the Bible is true, and that is the historical accuracy of the Bible. You know, many religions have different books. Islam has the Koran. There's the Book of Mormon. There's different books that's uh, put forth as holy writing, but none of them stand alongside of the Bible. The Bible has shown itself to be true historically. It has shown itself to be true scientifically and in so many different ways where the other ones fall down. No book has been looked over, poured over, scrutinized, examined more than the Bible. For generations and generations, people have looked at it. Some have looked at it trying to discredit it. And it has stood the test of time over and over again. There is such a vast manuscript support for the Bible that it is incredible. It is unparalleled. Let's look at this area of support a little further. You know, some people say, well, 
These stories about Jesus, how do we know that Jesus really existed? How do we know that it's just not made up? Well, let's look at some of the other ancient personalities that we just know and we never doubt that they existed. Let's say Caesar. There is writings about Caesar and the wars that were conducted at that time. It was written about 144 BC. Now, the earliest copy we have of those ancient writings is 900 AD. In other words, between the time it was written and the earliest copy we have of those writings is a time span of a thousand years. And how many copies do we have? We have 10 copies. And no one says, well, Caesar didn't exist or these happenings didn't occur. Well, we have 10 copies and we have a thousand year span difference between when it was written and the copy that we have today. There are different ancient characters. Tatatus. It was written in 100 AD. The earliest copies, 1100 AD. The time span again is a thousand years and we have 20 copies. There are different ones. I'm not going to go through them all here, but I have before me a list of names of ancient characters and the writings about them and the time span between when it was written and what we have today. Aristotle is a name that we recognize. The writings of Aristotle was between 384 and 322 BC. The earliest copy of those writings we have in 1100 AD. In other words, a 1400 year span between when they were written and the earliest copy. How many copies do we have of these writings of Aristotle? 49. Now let's go to the New Testament. It was written between 45 and 100 AD. The earliest copy that we have of these writings, listen, is 125 AD. And a full copy of the New Testament, we have about 200 to 300 AD. Now that is a time span difference of 25 years between the writings, a portion of the writings of the New Testament and the fragment that we have, only a time span of 25 years and the full copies of a time span of 200 years. How many copies do we have of the ancient manuscripts of the New Testament? 24,000. 24,000 copies we have of this. The support for the historical accuracy is unparalleled by any other writings that we have. We can be sure that this is not just writings that occurred hundreds of years later where myth and legend could be added to it. These writings happened in the time span of people that were still alive and could verify the truth of these writings or could say, no, that did not happen. The Bible is incredible in its historical accuracy according to its manuscripts. But someone might say, well, that's fine, but how do we know that the copies are not added to or there has been mistakes in the copies coming down to us? You know, we think of the old telephone game. One person whispers in one ear and they whisper in the next person's ear and they whisper in the next person's ear until you go down the end of the line and the person says what was whispered and it is completely different from what was first said. And so the thought comes, well, perhaps that's what happened in the Bible. 
And that was the case of much thinking until about 1947, because something happened in 1947. There was a Bedouin shepherd boy who dropped a stone down a cave and heard a clatter and discovered what we now call the Dead Sea Scrolls. In these Dead Sea Scrolls, there are all the writings of the Old Testament, except Esther, but all the rest are there, either in full or in part. And the writings go back to 125 B.C. It was amazing as they opened the Isaiah scroll. And as they laid it out, they found that there were no differences between that manuscript and the Bible that we have today. In fact, you could open up the book of Isaiah in your Bible and you could do a translation from these scrolls from 125 B.C. and they would be virtually identical. It is amazing how true the copies were, one after the other, written on the Bible. But there is a reason for this. These men that copied the scripture were monks. They were scribes. They were people who really believed that they were writing the word of God. In fact, if you look at some of the codes they had to go by, and this is the Talmudus code, and here are some of the rules that they abided by. No word or letter must be written from memory without the scribe looking at the codex before him. Between every consonant, the width of a hair or thread must intervene. Between every section, the breadth of nine consonants. Between every book, three lines. The copyist must sit in full Jewish dress and be recently bathed. He should not begin to write the name of God with a pen newly dipped in ink. Now, why was that so? because a pen filled with ink could blot, and they did not want the name of God to be blotted. And so they had to start that word with the pen not fully full, less chance of it blotting. And here's another rule. If a king addresses him while writing the divine name, the scribe should ignore him. In other words, they were so pious, so careful. In fact, they knew how many letters were in each line how many letters and words were in each book and after the copyist was finished a master copyist would come in and painstakingly count the letters in the books they knew what the middle word of the book was and they checked so carefully and if they found any errors that manuscript was destroyed so it would never be used as a copy again I can't help but think today what these scribes would have thought if they saw one of our modern copying machines where you put a page on, hit a button, and in a minute's time you have 20 or 30 copies. I think they would say, give me a hammer. I want to bang myself on the head. Listen, you can be assured that the Bible you hold in your hand is a true copy of the original writings of the men who were inspired by the Spirit of God to write His Word. And it has come down to us pure. Now, in the little time that we have remaining today, it may be good just to see how we receive the English Bible that we hold in our hands. The Old Testament that was written in Hebrew was translated into Greek in 285 B.C. And then scriptures were translated into Latin in 400 A.D. And it was literally chained to the pulpit of the church. John Whitcliffe translated the New Testament into English in 1380. Then in 1525, William Tyndale 
had a vision that English people would have the Bible in their own tongue and was martyred for his work. He literally gave his life for his translation. And then over the years, it came down further and further to us in different translations until 1611, the King James Version, came into being and served Christians for 400 years. And of course, the modern translations today of the New International, the New King James, and so many others. But each one of these translations carry the Word of God. You can open up your Bible, you can look at the pages, and you can know what you are reading is true and it is the Word of God to us today. Well, our time is gone. We look forward to picking this up tomorrow. We'll see you then. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.